Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. (laughs) (laughs) Today's episode of The Other Stories is The Incomparable Freddy Red. Written by Luke Condor and narrated by Matthew Lloyd Davies. Freddy blinked, and just like that, he was alive. Just his eyes at first. They hung in the air of Kim Barnes's bedroom like two floating hard-boiled eggs, blinking with increasing fervour, trying to make sense of what they were, where they were, and why they were. With a series of electric pops, more of Freddy screamed into existence. His capillaries sizzled before being muffled by the membranous hides of his lungs. His floating heart thumped ten lonely beats before his neck, knees and toes flittered into the room. He tried to speak, but he had no lips, no teeth, nor throat. Hang on a second, a voice said. You're not finished yet. The fingers that Freddy didn't have a moment ago danced in the air like loose spider legs before fixing themselves to his palms. Okay, nearly there. Nearly. Small floating bones playing like ghostly maracas before fitting snugly inside his newly formed ears. Okay... Almost. 
More and more of Freddy warped through the plain of nothing and into the land of something. Shoulders, teeth and skin, hair, nails, and then, finally, the blood. It filled him up, plumped out his veins and arteries, brought colour to his bluish skin, and injected him with the quick hum of life. Well, the voice said, go on then. Freddy stood, breathed, flexed his fingers. The polka dot curtains were drawn, but he could still feel the warmth of daylight seeping through. The shaggy pink rug tickled the bottoms of his feet and the bits between his toes. And in front of him, there was a plastic dollhouse. He reached inside and picked up what appeared to be a broken doll. Its head lay separate from its body. What do you think? Freddy turned to see the source of the voice. His maker. His imaginer. Kim Bones, Freddy said, the newness of his tongue still difficult to wrangle. Seven and three quarters years old. You can do lots of tricks with a yo-yo. You can do a cartwheel. Your favourite teacher is Mrs Barker because she lets you doodle in class. She says I have a vivid imagination. Kim was sat at the end of her bed, surrounded by beanie babies and crayon drawings. Aren't you a little old to be having imaginary friends? Freddy said, taking two awkward steps towards her. Maybe, she said, looking up for the first time. Her eyes were unnaturally green, like emeralds sitting in sore sockets. Her cheeks were wet with tears. You've been crying, he said. Have I? Looks it. Which... Which... Which will not do? It will not do at all. A smile crept upon Freddy's lips. A shuddering warmth came to him. An understanding. He was barely a minute old and already he knew his place in this world. Knew exactly what he was made to do. Theatrically, he kicked out his leg, feigned a fall before dropping into a forward roll, stopping in a crouched position just before Kim's feet. Now then, why not tell the incomparable Freddie Red how he can be of service to a cutie pie such as yourself, little Kimothy Barnes? The very same Kim Barnes who was a mighty seven and three quarters years of age, who was good at yo-yoing, doodling, and imagining up such deliciously handsome devils, such as I. And I can do cartwheels, she said. The very wheeliest, I bet. She nodded. So, Kimmy, tell me, how can I help? I don't know. Well, how about a game? She wiped her eyes with the backs of her hands, nodded. Okay, but what game, though? You leave that to old Freddy Red, little sweetness. I'm packed to the gills with games, practically spilling over with laughs and titters. You'll see with your greenest of greens. You'll see, 
Years later, Kim Barnes found herself sitting at a cocktail bar. The kind of fancy cocktail bar where golden lights shimmered and the drinks were adorned with bizarre garnishes and spilling over with decorative smoke. The bartenders, both young and handsome, were dressed head to toe in black, both thinking that they would very much like to speak to Kim. Maybe ask if she'd like to give either of them her number. Maybe grab a drink sometime. Somewhere else, though. Somewhere they could afford. But Kim's green eyes didn't see the bartenders. In fact, she'd barely noticed that they'd conveniently forgotten to charge her for her drinks. Had both been desperately trying to catch her attention ever since she walked in. Kim was much too busy focusing on the lady sat opposite her. 29, Kim said, wanting to gather Priya's henna-decorated hands into her own. 29 and three quarters. Priya giggled into her dark and stormy drink. And you are... 22, Kim said, maybe asked. Close, 25. Kim finished her margarita licked the salt from her lips. They drank more, talked about how they'd seen each other from across the office. Kim worked in tech support and Priya worked with the marketing team. Kim had worked at the place for almost five years now, and Priya was still in her three-month probation. They laughed about the stinky and sweaty David from procurement, and how his eyes often lingered longer than they ought to. Then, when the bartender with the top knot and the sharp jawline asked if either of them wanted another drink, Kim took Priya's hands in her own and leaned across the table. She didn't kiss Priya, but it was obvious to all around that she would very much like to. Okay, I'll leave it to it, the bartender said, returning to the bar and giving his colleague a no-go gesture. Priya massaged Kim's fingers. Did you? She said. Did I what? Want another drink? Where Kim's eyes were green, Priya's were peanut brown. In them, the golden lights glimmered and Kim felt herself sinking deeper, wanting to know more and more about what went on behind them. I have some wine back at mine, Kim said. And... and cake. And... maybe something else too. If you're lucky. Oh, Miss Barnes. Priya shook her head with playful disbelief. Whatever goes on in that sweet head of yours? Things, Kim said with a devilish grin. Things and stuff. On that lazy Sunday afternoon, the one in which Freddie Red found himself existing for the first time. He and Kim Barnes played games in the garden. They did cartwheels, handstands and roly-polies. They drank from invisible teacups and ate invisible sandwiches which were both delightful and scrumptious. When they grew tired, they lay on the grass and looked at the clouds, which they remade into animals, both real and made up. What's that one supposed to be? Kim said. It's a fitzy biscuit. Can't you tell from its fluffy ears and curly nostrils? There's no such thing as a fitzy biscuit. Isn't there? 
No. Oh, what about yours then? I've never seen an animal that looks like that before. Mine's not an animal, silly. It's a door. Freddy sniffed. A door? A boring old door? To where? Don't you recognise it, Freddy? It's the door to where my favourite game ever is. Freddy sat up. Your favourite game? I thought I was the one who was full of games. What's this secret little thing you've got hiding in your noggin behind your door? Oh, it's the very bestest, Freddy. It's the game I play with all my imaginary friends eventually. You've had other imaginary friends? Of course I have. I've had lots and lots and lots and lots. Don't worry, though. You're my favourite. Am I? You're the incomparable Freddy Red, remember? You're damn right I am, Kimothy. Incomparable. And extremely wriggly, might I add. As if to demonstrate his wriggliness, Freddy kicked his legs into the air above him, before tying them into a position that if non-imaginary friends were to attempt, they would likely require a car accident of some sort to limber up. With his legs nicely tangled, he clapped his hands over and over and likely would have continued, but Kim stood, brushed the grass from her dress and said, Come on then, before disappearing into the house. Freddy Red detangled himself and then skipped along behind her. Kim and Priya spilled into the house, all hands and giggles, pawing and kissing, smudging lipstick and henna tattoos. But as they passed through the hallway and into the living room, Priya peeled herself away. She gawked at the exposed brick, the rustic fireplace, and the furniture that looked like it cost more than what she made in an entire year. What the fuck? she said immediately wrapping her hands around her mouth as if to catch the words. Sorry, she added, wandering deeper into the luxurious home. It's just so nice. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. Kim kicked off her shoes and padded into the kitchen, clicking on all the lights as she went. I'm not kidding, Kim, this is gorgeous and so, so expensive. I think I might have to transfer to your department. Kim tittered. This is my dad's place, she said. Are you of wealth? Um, in a way. He's a touring musician. He plays jazz. Ah, the thinking man's music. I wouldn't call it music as such. It's just busy mouths and noisy trumpets. Plus, it means he's never fucking home. It's mostly just me and myself and... Did you say you wanted cake? Oh, you actually have cake? Kim smiled. Of course. Priya placed a hand around Kim's waist, pulled her close, and kissed her one more time. And please tell me you have wine, or was that some ruse to get me over? Yeah, we have wine. We have lots and lots of wine. Feel free to grab whatever you want from the rack in the basement. The basement? Don't worry, it's not a basement basement. It's nice. There's a big fancy light and everything. 
I'll be here doing cakey things. Priya's eyes widened like that of a puppy dog trapped behind a glass door. The basement, she said again, and Kim laughed. Go, pick whatever wine you want. There's like a billion bottles to choose from and I don't know shit about wine. Really? Sure, take your pick. The more expensive, the less I care. Seriously? Dad won't even notice and if he does, it'll just give us something to talk about. As Priya tentatively stepped through the door, Kim reached into the fridge and pulled out a passion fruit and raspberry cheesecake. She grabbed a couple of bowls from the cupboard, along with two large wine glasses. As she cut two thin slices, she was reminded of her old friends, her imaginary ones, and the colourful ways in which they dressed, in which they spoke, and how peculiar they looked at her when they realised their true purpose. She wished then that she was still able to dream up new friends, was able to bring forth strange creations like she did in her youth. But she'd long since lost that ability. Hadn't been able to dream up anyone or anything since... Well, since Freddy, who spilled over with laughs and titters just as he promised. Maybe that was what growing up was all about. Moving from imaginary friends to real ones. Like Priya. Speaking of... Priya, she called out. You get lost down there or something? There was no response. She shouted her name again. This time, when there was no answer, she went to the basement door and peered down the stairs. She was met with the fizzy smell of blood and the sound of something dripping on the cement. Priya? She tried once again, a quiver in her voice. The hair on the backs of her arms stood on end. Her pulse quickened. Slowly, she walked down the stairs. Something red and slimy squirmed beneath her bare foot. It moaned as it wriggled free. A finger, perhaps? Or some internal organ? Not all of them had much going on within, but the older she got, the more detailed they became, both inside and out. As she ventured deeper down the steps, she remembered taking Freddy by the hand, telling him about her favourite game and how fun it would be, and then him trying to run away. A peculiar thing to see an imaginary friend running in fear, as if they could escape from the person that imagined them up in the first place. She'd wondered, though, as his ankle bones snapped like breadsticks, if she really did think them up from scratch, or if she was somehow dipping into a world outside of this one, crafting playmates from the clay of materials beyond. Real or not, they screamed the same. Imaginary or not, they bled. And the funny thing was, it didn't matter how much she took them apart. They kept on living. Even years later, even now, as Kim stepped into the basement and looked upon the chaos of her own making. The coating of gore, tripping from the lights, bubbling in the gaps. And the faces, hastily cut from heads and nailed to the wall. Lots and lots and lots and lots of them. 
including her favorite of all, the reddest of the red. Even now, his eyeless face, flat against the wall, begged her for mercy, to be unmade. I wonder if she can hear them. Kim? Huh? Priya was standing before her by the rack, wine bottle in hand. What are you thinking about? Priya said. Oh. Kim smiled, realized she was still holding the cake knife. Just things. Things and stuff. Hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The incomparable Freddie Red was written by Luke Condor, narrated by Matthew Lloyd Davies, edited by Carl Hughes, music by Music L. Files, and Duncan Mogleton and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration was provided by Luke Spooner of Carry On House. A quick thanks to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Joshua Boucher and Carolyn O'Brien for helping with some mission reading, and of course to Ben Errington, our own imaginer, dreaming up content friends to play with at the social media playground. Luke Condor, me, uh, started writing on his computer in his early teens and has never looked back. And now he has very sore eyes and he runs and produces this short story podcast. Currently he works from a dining room table in the middle of Sherwood Forest and lives with his fiancée, cat, their pet cat, Oscar, and their larger, angrier cat, Alaska, who is actually a dog. For more, head over to lukecondor.com, and that's Condor spelt with a K. For more of Matthew Lloyd Davies' work, head over to www.matthewlloyddavies.com. The Other Stories is a production of the Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver, and is brought to you with a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. 